On today's episode, Dave interviews Ian Deitchman. Ian, with longtime writing partner Kristen Rusk-Robinson, was most recently a writer on the acclaimed NBC series Parenthood and co-wrote the screenplay for the Warner Brothers film Life As We Know It. Ian and his partner have been working screenwriters in Los Angeles for over a decade, and Ian served two terms as a board member of the Writers Guild of America, West. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. Well, the idea, uh, the idea of putting out material and not being precious about it, yeah. we're talking about somebody. What's his name? Do you want to say his name? Greg Benson. Greg Benson. Greg Benson, Mediocre Greg Benson. Films. Go check it out. It's called, his company's called Mediocre Films. His, his way, he has a YouTube Because when you said site. it earlier YouTube before I started site. taping, his, he's his, like, he makes you a Mediocre Films, so I'm going. No, no, no. His oh. YouTube site is called Mediocre Films. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. He's such a funny guy, and he's completely like, he. he's great. He's, you know, I met him years ago, and he just, he hustles his ass off. And that's the whole thing. My, 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 oh, but, but the idea yeah. of not being precious with something. Yeah. It's, it's the concept of working at, working at, how can I say this? If you, when I was at Second City, and you know what it's like too, because you pitch, you know? Mm-hmm. Working at Second City, one of the things that you realized was the more scenes you have in the kitty, the more scenes you have in the pile, mm-hmm. the less precious you are. Yeah. So when somebody goes, we don't like this, you go, okay. And that's why Corel, whenever we do a show, Corel would be like, immediately, Corel would have, like, we're, we're in rehearsal, an eight-week process, we're in rehearsal four days, and he's got ten viable scenes. One of the things that, that honestly, truly, has stayed with me um, from when I took my first improv class with you mm-hmm. uh, that uh, Rosie told me to t- take. Uh, Rosie Abdu? Jeff Rosenthal. Rosenthal. Got yeah, it. Rosie, sorry. Uh, L.A. knows him as Rosie. Yes. Los, Hollywood's Rosie. Hollywood's Rosie. Not, <laughs> um, but not the... There's a couple Rosies. I'm sure there are. There's the one on The View who is no longer on The not View. Not that one. Not that one. Very There's different. The, the Rosie Perez. Yeah. Not that one. Um, but you had said uh, something about like basically like um, scenes are like tissues, you know? And it's yeah, like, and it's like, like toilet, toilet paper. paper. Yeah. Toilet paper. And, you, and you, you, know, you do it and throw it away. And, and that, that like, was one of the first things you said and that totally, to this day, has stayed with me. I think it's completely true. Yeah, the idea of... Because the ego wants to hold on to what it is that you're making. You're like, I really worked at this. And you go, and I just, I just, you know, Chris Tallman? I had him on the podcast yesterday. I interviewed him. And we were talking about, essentially, he's on Channel 101. You know what that is? Yeah, it's um, yeah, with Harmon. What's his name? Dan Harmon's. And it's like, you come oh, right. in and do a five-minute short. And, 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 and if the audience likes it, you, yeah, yeah, you yeah, get picked yeah. up yeah. for another three or four, whatever it's going to be. And if the audience keeps liking it, then you keep doing it. And he was saying that he did this thing a few years back, not Channel 101, where it was 15 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And he showed it for people, and nobody reacted. And he said it, he said it was humiliating and shameful. Hmm. And then and I thought, that's interesting. Instead of looking at it and saying, it's not humiliating. It can be humiliating and shameful if you want it to be. Right. Or you can look at it and go, boy, did I just learn something. I learned that that didn't work because of that. Yes. And it didn't not work because I suck. It didn't work because I just learned something. Yeah. What did I learn? I learned that that scene can't last that long. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's all just, you know, um, my daughter has gotten into, she's obsessed with, my 13-year-old daughter, with YouTube mm-hmm. uh, videos and YouTubers and booktubers. And... Um, 
have you heard of Miranda Sings? Who is no. okay? So this is uh, a young woman who is like <laughs> she showed me the Miranda Sings um, YouTube page, and like this is where I felt so fucking old. Just like oh my god, this is the most. It's like so grating, and and making my head explode. And she loves it, and she thinks it's hysterical, and it's basically her doing a character. And I, so that is my initial reaction to it. And then as I'm watching more and more of them, I'm growing to kind of like completely love and respect this woman. First of all, it made me feel old because I'm like, well, sh this is what Pee Wee Herman looked like to my parents. Like we were like, oh my God, Pee Wee Herman's so funny. And my parents just like, what the fuck is this fucking crazy? <laughs> um, and, and now I'm feeling like, so this girl Miranda Sings, a woman Miranda Sings, that, that's her character name. Uh -huh. Her real name's Colleen or something. I know all of this shit. She's doing two sold out shows at the Nokia Theater. Um, I'm taking my daughter and her friend to this show. Bless you. It is going to be like, like it's going to be like 14 year old 13 14 year old girls like laughing their asses off and their dads on their phones uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but like i but honestly i'm just like you know like hats off to you good for you right you're fucking just she and she's got and she's really smart about it. she's got like her Miranda Sings page mm -hmm. and she has her own page mm -hmm. which I think is really interesting. Her own page with her name. With her name, her name. and this is and other videos mm -hmm. that's just like here's me, my life, here's some behind the scenes stuff. Very interesting. Which is really cool because like I was I was thinking about Pee Wee Herman like he was always Pee Wee Herman. He never could kind of escape that character and I like I listened to this great podcast with with. Um, Paul Rubens, and it didn't sound like he wanted to necessarily. Like he lo he really loves that character and still loves living through that character. But I thought it was very interesting that what this woman is doing for her audience is kind of like, kind of show. It's very smart from a professional standpoint because mm -hmm. it's kind of like here's my character, here's this page, here's what I do. It's all fun. I go on. She's been on like the Tonight Show now as this character, um, but she also has like. But here's who I am. Other kids and Hollywood. If you want to cast me in a, you know, like, you know what I mean. Like yep. it's just super smart. Uh, I asked Emo Phillips. Mm -hmm. You know Emo. I don't know him. Well, but I, you know him. I'm talking. I certainly remember. Uh, I don't know like this. He's mm -hmm. a stand-up, and he's a friend. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Um, and I said, Emo, be on my podcast. And that's what he said. I can't. I don't want people to know who I am. Yeah, I think that's a, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want like, to. He doesn't well, I mean, want to. He goes, I, this, but it's the opposite of Miranda Sings. Because mm -hmm. uh, the woman, because he is, and God bless him, I like him so much. I really <laughs> like Emo a lot. He's really funny. I've always felt like his, uh, I'm just, he's one of those people that I look at and I go, I am honored to call you my friend. Right. Because he has been through so, he has been sure. through the comedy. I mean, you know, there's him and there's, there's, there's Emo and Rick Overton and all these guys who have worked their fucking ass off yeah. and who are still doing it on the, on the front line and, and acting. But Emo knows who it is that he is. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, well, I think guys like Overton and, I mean, I grew up loving stand-up comedy and obsessing over all of that. And it's really like, you know, singer-songwriters, I think. Which is, what do you mean? It's just a hard gig. Oh yeah, 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 You're yeah. Just, it's just. But a we don't, you don't have a choice. Gig. You yeah. know what I mean? It, and it's so interesting to one day realize, oh my God, I don't have a choice because when you compare what it, when you look at what you're doing, you're going, ugh, I got to do another gig in, at fucking Uncle Chuck's Yuck Shack in Yakima, it's, and uh, and yeah. oh, oh my God, I wish I could do something else. And then you sit, the the guy would sit back and go, what else would I do? 
And then you go, that nine to five, no. Uh, sitting on a button, no. Driving, no, no. And you go, I don't have a choice. Yeah, I, it's a very specific life. And I mean, it's, I, I, mean, I love great comedians and I stopped doing it because. You did stand up? I did stand up in college mm -hmm. and then came out here and tried to do it a little bit right out of college and, um, and failed spectacularly right <laughs> i had a i had a moment um my roommate jim duda came with me and it was some awful club in encino and literally in the middle of and i would do personal stuff because i didn't i just was like i i literally hit me like i don't want to tell these people my personal shit clearly i that's changed since i'm here talking to you but i mean i just it was this moment of like i don't want to do this I but don't it's also look. when you're younger go ahead yeah go ahead. well no I, I just had that moment on stage yeah. where i just was like why am i doing this what right. am i up here for and right. they were like yeah what the fuck are you up here you for? said that what am i up oh here? yeah you i said, said why that? am i up here why and am I go, I why? what am i doing this right and, they and i turned to jim dude and i'm like jim what am i doing and he's like don't fucking pull me into your <laughs> i don't know who is that guy <laughs> So, yeah, no, it was, it was awful. It's really true. But, but where, good. Where you hit that epiphany. I was talking to yeah. Judy Carter. Uh, she was on the podcast, and Judy Carter wrote, literally wrote the comedy or the stand-up Bible or the comedy Bible, mm -hmm. what's it called? And she had the same sort of epiphany where she went, what the fuck am I doing up here? Why am yeah. I up here? What am I doing? What am I doing up here? And we have those moments, and those moments aren't moments of failure. Those those are moments of clarity, discovery, and it is discovery. <laughs> yes, but if you want to look at it, I think a lot of people I wish I discovered it on the way to. But you can't. <laughs> no, no, that's you, true. You know, you yeah, just yeah, can't yeah, yeah. because yeah. Uh, it it everything that we do guides us to what we do. Yeah, everything that we're doing guides us to what it is that we do. Everything that we're doing guides us to what we're do what we're doing. Right. And when I think about my life, I don't think, I don't know that I've had any failures. Hmm. That's not to say that everything I did would be deemed successful, but everything that I did, I deem it as help. I deem it as yes. having guided me toward where I am now. I, I completely agree with that. Yes, I completely agree with that. I mean, from a writing standpoint, you know, we've definitely had, Kristen and I have definitely had moments where we... That's your writing partner. Yeah, mm -hmm. where we've, you know, we had a script that we wrote a few years ago, um, and we were kind of it was the feature the feature business had kind of imploded. Mm -hmm. um, we hadn't gotten into TV yet. We spent quite a while writing this feature that was a hundred percent a work of love. Like I mean, it was a really hard script to break, and a fantasy element. It was romantic. It was, but. You know, we to this day believe in it, love. It's like my favorite thing we've ever written. We came very close to selling it at like three different places. It didn't sell. But, um, I, I mean, I'm so glad we wrote it because it completely reset us creatively. Mm. Like, it, it basically, because we wrote that script, we were able to write the pilot that got us onto Parenthood and television. Like, had we not written that script, we learned so much just from doing it so you did how many how many uh parenthoods did you do did you write you we were on for two seasons so we wrote three last season and then we wrote which was a full 22 episode season and then we wrote two this season uh -huh. which was th 13 and you know jason wrote three of the last four right god bless him by himself uh well i mean it's all we all break it in the room together got it and then got it. you mm -hmm. know yeah so right um interesting 
what's happening now with autism and all that and how it was a part of the show, you know, Asperger's and all that. Mm -hmm. And it's just so interesting to me because now you hear, oh, you know, people not the non-vaccine and people vaccinating and, mm -hmm. you know, all that. It's very interesting uh, how, how art and life and the world and all these things and how we're learning by watching television. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I, I have an aunt who um, whose son has um, is on the spectrum, had Asperger's or has Asperger's. And um, so she gave me some really amazing just stories and research on it. But I mean, the, the we came on season five. So there are four seasons of, of exploring that character right. and all that right. stuff. Right. Um, right. I don't know. Yeah. It's such an interesting Disease? What is it even called? Condition? It's not a sin. Asperger's syndrome. It's called a syndrome. It's yeah. I mean, it's it's a syndrome. Well, I think it's on the autism spectrum, right? Yeah. So it's just, but the autism. I think that spectrum is a pretty, a pretty big spectrum, right? So there's a you know there's, there's a serious there's a serious uh, serious serious uh, satellite radio. Mm -hmm. There's a radio station called the Spectrum. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why they do that. You're on the spectrum. It's like you're on the spectrum. <laughs> Are you going to enjoy music? I, I don't. I don't know. like the spe. I don't like that radio. <laughs> I'm more of a. What is the alt? One of their alt stations. Oh, you do. You do listen to that. I have. Yeah, I have it yeah but is it, it's kind of weird. When I don't, they say, I, you're on the spectrum. I don't like. I don't like but it's like, has anybody <laughs> thought about the words that you're using right now? And go, mm, you know, that means something else, right? The spectrum. Yeah. You know, that means something yeah. else, right? Yeah. 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 The idea of uh, also just thinking differently because we go, we don't have a choice. We're doing this stand-up or whatever, we're, whatever it is that we're doing. We're doing this. We don't have a choice. And that's the way our brain works. Mm -hmm. Our brain works that way. Mm -hmm. And who the fuck knows why our brain works that way? And I look at everything that I'm doing going, I, we see shit in a different way than other people see shit. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, the, the, what, what I thought was so kind of impactful and emotional just writing – that kind of stuff and hearing Jason talk about his son because it was very personal and he would talk about that in the room is it's, it's like these are incredible people right who are people and this is how they're wired and they and and what I thought was so interesting is that really kind of coming to learn about how these are people who absolutely have an emotional life it's just it's the it's the expressing it and connecting socially with others. Like there's that's where the disconnect is. But it doesn't mean that they have an emotional life. They do. It doesn't in mean some they don't have an emotional life. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. They do. They very much yes. have an emotional life. Right. And in some ways, it's you know, um, it, it, it a lot more emotional than people I know who are not on the spectrum. You know what I mean? Like it's it's rich. Um, it's just the conveying it. It's it's fraught. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so. Absolutely, it's like you get. I mean, new families. I mean, I learned a lot doing. It the is show. interesting because I hadn't really talked to my aunt about a lot of that stuff, mm -hmm. um, and I learned a lot. Yeah, just from you know, getting to be part of that experience. Sure. I, the idea of you're entitled to express the emotions that in, in a way that you express your emotion, 
you know, and, so, and to look at somebody and say they, they don't express their emotions doesn't mean they don't have emotions. Right. It also doesn't mean they don't express their emotions. Yeah. They do express their emotions, but they express their emotions in the way that they express their emotions. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and yeah. it's not, it's not the way that I, I express my emotions. Right. I mean, I don't want to be in a world with everybody expressing their emotions the way I, I express my emotions. That'd be a horrible place to be. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm probably, yes, I'm a, quite emotive myself. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if there's another spectrum, a pure emotion, <laughs> I'm probably on that spectrum. Right, right. There's, there's <laughs> I'm on the like, geez, take it down. I think. <laughs> we get it. You're hungry. We get it. You're upset. We get it. Yeah, I think, I think like if you, if you and I moved to Asperger Island, people would just be like, I fucking can't take those guys. I can't take them. Do you think it's more, how, look at that way they're expressing themselves. It's like exactly. too much. Bring it yeah. the fuck down. You don't have to be on, you don't have to have Asperger's to feel that way. Take it from my wife. And Asper my writing partner. I like the idea of Asperger's. Take it from every woman in my life. We know how you're feeling in, okay. in this moment. All right. We understand. We right. But there's also, I, there's, when I, when I have Canadians in my improv class, I always think, okay, we're going to have to, I want to get these guys angry. Oh, there's a woman in my, I, I taught a class, um, at a, a studio, an acting studio here, and there's one from Japan, mm -hmm. and from Japan, and the big question is, no one know how she got, no one knows how she got in the class. They don't. Nobody in the class knows her. No, she just somehow fucking got into the class. And I was like, hey, you guys, you know, she auditing? Maybe she's no, she wasn't <laughs> auditing, and it was an expensive class, and mm -hmm. she took the class, and she had no, she could not. Because she's Japanese. She could not get angry. She could not fucking get angry. And I said, every scene you're doing, you have to say the word fuck or something that is, you know, a brother of the word fuck. Uh -huh. And to, her, to hear her say, you're a selfish bastard. And was like, the entire class roared. Because like, you know, and she kept looking at me for, to see if she was doing it right. Mm -hmm. Am I doing it right? Am I doing angry right? And she was very sweet, but I look at people like that, and I don't trust them. I don't trust them because they feel like, express yourself. I also, I thought that I don't trust them. I just feel like you're missing a part of the, the world, because anger is an emotion. Well, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I don't know anybody really who can't, is not in touch with their anger. It's, it's more... It's, this it's, is really weird, Ian. Yeah. It's but, more meeting people who have no sense of humor. That, that uh -huh. is, that's what I have a hard time. It's like, oh, really? I, that's where I, I, I don't have I any don't interest. I don't know many in, people who don't have, and I think about the one woman I that I think about who doesn't have a sense of humor, and she's got as, she's got mild Asperger's. Yeah. Mild Asperger's. Really? Couldn't they call it something else? Asperger's. I don't know. Asperger's. What's named after a guy? I know. It's not his fault that it was his name. No, but the thing the is, like, is they, these people don't have <laughs> trouble enough, and now they have a syndrome that's a set, like a meat coming out of your butt. Let me, I want to ask you something. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Isn't that what it is? I know it's spelled differently. It's more like a snake sandwich, an asp burger. Isn't that what it is? <laughs> I guess so. It, that's how it's spelled, right? Yeah. A-S-P, yeah. yes. Asperger. It's yeah. not at, but it's But it's B-E-R. It's not B-U-R. It doesn't matter. You just hear it and you don't read it's it. It's Jew. It's a Jewish snake sandwich is what it would be <laughs> i guess wait if we're running with your you know thesis here please do uh wait i want I, but i have a question for you mm -hmm. actually that you of what you just said before which is teaching because i with i tried teaching once with marietta uh, uh a writing a, yeah a writing thing uh which was a nightmare for me 
because um, I, 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 much like I discovered I should not be on the stage doing stand-up, I, I discovered within the first minute I should not be teaching. Um, but so do you feel when you're teaching improv, you must get people who it's kind of like there is just no point of you being in this class. No. You're not funny. Never. Really? Never. Never. Because my, I don't teach funny. I just teach your voice. So right. when you come into my class, I'm not, it's not, in spite of the fact that I have such a strong comedy background, mm -hmm. I'm just not interested in teaching you how to be funny. You want to do that, that's what UCB is for, and that's what the Groundlings are for, and that's what, you know, Second City is for, but in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not there to teach you. I'm there to, I'm there to facilitate your awareness of being aware. That's what I'm there to do. Mm -hmm. Like right now, we're going to be doing a scene, and what's going to happen is we're going to do one thing today, and this is what we're going to be aware of. For example, we're going to be aware of you're sitting in that chair, in mm -hmm. that shape, and you're going to be in duration of that shape until I compel you through our discussion to change your shape. So what we're going to do now is just be aware of sitting, be aware of being in duration, mm -hmm. and be aware of, 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 of feeling that moment when you're compelled to change. Right, right, right. So I, I, I have had, I have one particular student who's been with me for, I want to say, 10 years. Mm -hmm. And he was never funny. And then what ended up happening was the more he became aware of what he was doing on stage and changes, he became funny because everybody can be funny. Right. If right. you take what it is that you're doing and blow it up. Or to be honest, so this woman who was in that, the, the Japanese woman, my challenge with her was I don't know who the fuck you are. Because right. when you're polite, it's a lie. It's just a lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As polite as a... Right, you're covering. You're covering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the moment that you're covering, it's like, I'm not going to know who the fuck you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah, so when I t did this writing course, I mean, for me, there was just a couple of people in there. Um, Tom O'Connor was not one of them, but that's how I met Tom, uh -huh. was in that class. Got he it. actually took the class. I felt... Great like I writer. Felt Great bad. Guy. Yes, I felt bad for him that... <laughs> right. The thought that I would teach him anything. But there was just a couple of people that I, like, stuff and I was just like I can't I don't know how to help I don't but this is why I look at Peter I'm like maybe for the next class we could prepare something because I just it was I just remember Peter but saying notes, but what we, go ahead go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I just remember Peter saying something like and we're going to start by talking about the inspiration ideas Ian and and I saw everybody pick their pencils up and I was just like you're a fraud you're a fraud you're a fraud you're a fraud, you're a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> I was like ideas are good things to have isn't that an interesting thing we should all have ideas they right. come from places peter back to you peter <laughs> it was awful. Um, the i love the the idea uh, because so many people have the idea of i'm a fraud i'm a fraud i'm a fraud and i'm wondering if people who are in the trades like craftsmen mm -hmm. uh, my dad's an electrician uh, i wonder if 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 a plumber goes in and goes they go okay in the bathroom <laughs> it keeps dripping and they go i can deal with it i'm a fraud i'm a fraud i'm a fraud i'm a fraud, I'm a fraud. <laughs> Um, but why is it that we in the creative field, because you know what, what do you need more, a writer or a plumber? One, you know, a, when you get a, in this, a plumber, definitely. a plumber, a fucking plumber, <laughs> you know what I mean? So when a plumber walks in, you go, yeah, all right, thank God the yeah. plumber's here. Yeah. But, and, and I, I, I think that it's something that we artists do because mm -hmm. it's an intangible Right. Yes, I think that's probably true. Our craft, our product is, in a way, an intangible. Where we look at it and we go, yeah, 
you need plumbing, you need electricity, you need heat, and then you need things like a glazer to take care of your windows. I think, it's also, I think it's also experience. This was also many, many years ago I when I was early in my career and I right. know really I was still learning myself. So, right. And I needed extra money and was like, you know, uh, like, yeah, go, sure, yeah. I'll help you teach a class. How much will it pay me? Oh, sure. Uh, it was but that. that's what a lot of people do. Yeah. and But, you know, but I mean, <clears throat> so, you know, I think I have a little more wisdom now to offer. Mm. Probably not much. but I um, think that one of the things that people who, one of the things about that they should teach in acting school, not that I've ever been it, but I've been there, but one of the things is like, let's talk about some of the emotional things that you're going to go through. And one of the things that you're going to go through is when you get booked, you may think that you're a fraud, that you have no right to be on the show, or that you're, it's like, you know what? Everybody goes through that. The sooner you get past that, the sooner you recognize that that's not true. Well, everybody feels it. I mean, I mean, honestly, that's what I mean. with every new project, and by the way, everybody, Steven Spielberg, yes. everybody has that moment of, oh, fuck. Okay, am I going to do this? God, I don't know. Fuck this up. You know, I mean, everybody has that right. moment. So it's it, you. what you come to realize the more you're doing it, what experience brings brings in time is just the realization of, well, I know I'm going to go through that. This is part of my process. I, now I'm now I'm freaking out, and now I can get down to work and, and just do the shit. And it gets shorter now I can and start shorter. And, and you can do the, be the, and then be the plumber and fix the pipes. Yeah. So, yeah, and the amount, of time, the amount of time and energy that you're dwelling on that is decreased. The amount of time that you're spending, um, you know, driving over to whatever gig you're doing, saying, I'm a fraud, what am I doing? I'm going to get in front of that room, and they're going to see right away, they're going to see right through me. That gets, the, the amount of time that you spend watching that fake brain movie yeah, yeah. gets less and less. You get less interested in, in it. I mean, I remember one screenwriter I know who... Uh, very very successful screenwriter screen, screenwriter who His said initials are Orson Welles. Yes, it was Orson before he died. Um, no, but said to me, I, I always feel like I'm, you know, one script away from my career being over. No I matter, just, and it was, you know, and so I get that, you know. Like well, there is sense. that is going to be true. That is true. You there is going to be your last script. That is true. Right, but I mean, I, it, it actually made me feel, it, like, this was also at a point earlier on in my career where it was kind of like, oh, you're feeling that? Okay. That's, uh, it relaxed me knowing that. Right. Like you're saying, telling, you know, teaching people in, a, in an acting class, it makes a difference when you have somebody who you truly, you know, who you respect, who's like, you know, like, who's done far more and, you're, and you know, they say that and you're like, oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't really worry about the creative stuff as far as like, how we get it there? Will we get it there? I always know that, you know, That's we'll, interesting. we'll get it there. Yeah. You know, I mean, and we've been doing it long enough where it, where it's like, we know how to pick the projects. We know how to say no to things where it's like, you know what? I don't, I don't, this is not right for us. I, you know, would love the, the gig, but it's, it's not the right fit. Right. You know, and so when you find one that's the right fit, you, that is the right fit, you know there's going to be huge challenges, but that's what you sign up for. That's it excites me. That's so interesting, the idea of there's going to be huge challenges and that excites me. I mean, there was, oh God, it was, was it during the strike or something? There was, I remember reading some, something. The writer's in, strike. Yeah, but it was something, it was something in Deadline that was some show that got canceled early and... You know the the entertainment journalists, honestly, 
can be the worst. And it was some comment about like, well, those writers must be relieved that they don't have to figure that all out. And it was like, you, you don't, that is actually what we love to do, is to actually break the story and figure it out. And, you know, that doesn't mean there aren't certain projects that it's like, oh, this is flawed conceptually. And maybe you'll come to find that. But, you know, if you've been doing it long enough, you can kind of, you know, sniff those out. You sniff, know? sniff out the ones where it's, it's, it's flawed conceptually. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. You, yes. you have a, some sense of like, you, you, you know. I mean, honestly, it, it usually comes down to, like for Kristen and I, it usually just comes down to, are we responding? You, you get it pretty quickly. You're either like... Are we what? You, were say, are you we, get it pretty quickly. You either read, it, read something you get or you get, you get, you get ideas. You either uh-huh, like, uh-huh. You, you're, you know, there's a project that we're up for now that we, it is an adaptation of a movie and we both looked at the movie and, and, and saw what it did then, but it was like, but it, the movie is, um, is dated but literally within five minutes, just talking about it from a conceptual level, we were like, we had all kinds of ideas. And it was like, okay, okay, this is great. We're off to the races. With yeah, this. yeah, and So yeah. that's always a good sign when we're like, we're actually getting stuff down. It's like, okay. What, so, so what is it that opens the door for you to have, that opens the door and suddenly makes that room really like full of stuff? What is it? Is it that this speaks to you on an emotional level? Obviously. Or is it like the concept is simple? Or it's probably a combo platter. It's a combo. It's yeah. definitely does it speak to us emotionally. Mm-hmm. That's a for us. That's a huge thing. I mean, we that you know. So that, it's not about. I'm, 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 this is so obvious. It's never about the money. I mean, it's about the money, but it's not about the money. It's I not mean, about we can make a lot of money if we do this. No. Right. No, because the hope is that we'll make a lot of money with whatever we do. You know, right. and we've had moments where that's happened. We've had moments where that's not happened. That's the business. That's what. That's the the industry we have chosen uh, or chose us Um, and uh, you know I mean so no it's not it can't be if you start making choices that way you're never gonna you're not going to go far. Well, it's also you're not. Or maybe going, you will. <laughs> but I also idiot feel like for being like, so emotional about I it. I don't. I think that you're not going to go. I think you're not going to go far because it's not going to work. It's not going to work because your intention is not with the process. Your intention is with the product. Uh, yeah, I think you have to be connected emotionally to the stuff you're to do. What we're doing that is kind of part and parcel of what you're doing. You have to love it. You have to love the characters you're writing and you have to, you know, find an, an emotional way in that you, that is a point of connection. It, do you think that's also true of, I'm going to go back to plumbers. Do you think that's also true of a plumber saying, probably the idea of a plumber loving the fact that they're looking at the process of fixing whatever it is that's going to be fixed. And at the end of the, cause there's an emotional connection to a satisfaction with the process and a job well done. Uh, I think, I mean, I would say a good plumber, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. I mean, I, I guess. I don't know. I'm, I, I've never plumbed. My so, dad... I mean, there is there is something that's inherently, I would say, probably non-creative. I don't want to offend plumbers. But, I mean, I would say that there's something. It's not a creative endeavor, right? It's a it's, problem-solving thing. Right. So, I mean, but so but that is... it probably appeals to, uh, like, if you're a plumber and you love your job, it's because that part of your job appeals to you, right? But isn't that also true of the, the flawed concept concept, the idea that there's a flawed concept in, 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 a, in a piece that you're writing, in a show that you're writing, in a project that you're on. Mm-hmm. And within that flawed concept is 
an ability for you to fix it in a way that unflaws it or rather makes it so that it flows, going back to the plumber reference uh, uh, example. Do you understand what I mean? I mean, I think you, I, you know, I do think there is truth to, um, sometimes there's, it's a craft. I mean, I don't, I, I tend to think what we do is more a craft, right? So, um, I think you get to, it's project by project. I mean, every project is its own unique thing. I mean, yes. that's the other thing that's great about what, what you know, we do. Um, and so some projects, and every project has its own unique challenges. So some projects, it's like, shit, this concept, the, we have kind of an inherent issue here that you're always trying to get over, right? Mm-hmm. That That is like, that that you're fighting against. And some some shows or movies will crack that better than others right you know and some it's kind of like yeah we were never quite able to get over the hump on that yeah we never figured it out we never quite figured it out it was like and that to me is like kind of like something that is inherently flawed um but even those things even in i mean listen i love inherently flawed projects Mm -hmm. i love watching movies that are like your people are fucking going for uh, glory and shooting for the moon and they're not and they're coming up short but man you can see them trying and there's so much great stuff in and around it mm-hmm. I love movies like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. those are some of my you know I, I find them endlessly fascinating and you know. it's also going into context like having context where I look at something like Breaking Bad and then I look at something like Lost mm-hmm. and I go Lost they were fucking with me I felt like they were fucking with me and I felt but here's the thing about them fucking with me fuck with me I'm well, be fucked with. I don't. Well, see, I, I mean, I actually don't think they were. I think they were just doing their best to create the show. I think they probably, I think they started the show and didn't know where it was going to end. I, th- which is fine. Do you fine. have to know that? No. Like, did you guys in writing Parenthood know how it was going to end? Excuse me. Because it seems so weird to 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 work that way. Um, well, this season we did. I last know. season oh. we did not. Right. So, so last season it was a matter of. You know, there were certain, you know, there were certain pitches last season. I think I pitched, you know, it's like you come into the, we came into the room, it's four seasons in. Now we don't know what's been pitched and what hasn't been pitched. Mm. So, you know, we pitch, you know, could Zeke get sick or get ill or something like that. And we've heard that pitch a lot. Right. Um, And Jason very kindly was just like, I'm not ready to go there yet with that character. Got it. Great. Okay. Right. Um, You know, what about... um, Max kind of having a romance, you know, I'm not ready to go there yet with him either, mm. but you know, this season we, we were, so it's, it's more like that. Right. I think, I mean, I, like, I think Breaking Bad, the, the, I, which I just binge watched, like I spent the last, we have a pilot that we're working on, a spec pilot that we're writing right now. And I had, my wife tends to fall asleep when we try to watch shows. So there's like a I'm bunch of shows that, that like, but uh-huh. we're going to watch that together uh-huh. that I, um, so I hadn't watched it. And like, I, I felt like I'm, I'm missing out on the greatest. I want to watch it. Uh, and, um, and Kristen just said to me, like, you really need to watch Breaking Bad for this show. And she was right. So if we're going to do this, so, cause it's, it'll be a reference point and all that. So, Mm-hmm. I binge watched it in like three and a half weeks, the entire series, which was the yourself. greatest. Oh my God. It, I, I mean, to me, it was, it is, I mean, I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved it in a way, from a writing standpoint. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wish I could write like that. It's just What is it that, brilliant. because for me, I'm, I'm watching it from a, 
a writing standpoint. Have you watched as well. the whole thing? I watched the whole thing. Yeah. I watched it. I, I binged it. I watched the whole thing. And when I binged it, those are fucking crazy dreams that one's ha- one has. But I yes. binged it and I'm watching it. And you look at it and you go, okay, this, that, they just established how that, how is that going to A, either pay off or B, shatter so that the pieces go in these other directions? Well, I mean, I, to me, what was brilliant about it was that everything paid off. Yes. Everything. And, yes. and nothing was forgotten. And it paid off in ways you didn't expect. Yes. And it paid off in emotional ways that were satisfying and true and honest. And the cinematography I mean, was gorgeous. Oh, and it was cinematic without a doubt. The like, guy that who was did the, uh, fantastic. The guy who did the time-lapse photography on mm-hmm. that, um, I just he just DP'd and directed and produced and is editing a short film that I did. Mm-hmm. And it is Oh, wow. Fucking gorgeous. That's why I have this mustache. Um, uh, but it was, it was, I, was, I thought you were it was the police, maybe. You, was, know, you were thinking of volunteering. I'm hiding, I'm, hiding, I'm hiding from the 1940s police. <laughs> like, I know they're going to come by. Some G, G-men are going to come by. But, uh, but looking at all that, like everything about that, mm-hmm. it was surprising. And the characters did have uh, – they were multifaceted. Mm-hmm. And to look at that, I just I fell in love with it, and I, and I don't mean to get this, this to get so inside baseball, but to watch these things and to go, I how, how is that going to pay off? Well, I mean, there's a couple of phenomenal podcast interviews with Vince Gilligan and with the writers on Nerdist Writers Panel, which I love that podcast, and um, you know, it really is no there, there was no secret other than yeah, we worked our asses off, we spent months talking about it and working it through, and it was really hard and. There was a, I mean, what was interesting was in the last season, which they broke up into two seasons of eight, they had, they finished the first season of eight. They did not know where they were going to go necessarily. They knew kind of where they wanted to roughly Mm -hmm. get to, but they didn't know how they were going to get there. They knew they had like all these threads that they had set up. They didn't know how they were going to pay them off. And you could tell they were like, they were freaking out a little bit. Right. They were going like, fuck. And, there, and the thing in TV, I mean, the thing in TV is there is the pressure of like, uh, we're going to be shooting soon. You have to figure it out, which is phenomenal. I, I love that uh, about television. And so, you know, I mean, that was nice to hear that it's kind of like there was no magic to it. It's right. just they did the work. And, and it's the collaboration, too. Oh, of, yeah. We're going to do this fucking together and the fact that, that you've got somebody, uh, Vince Gilligan, right, at the helm, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's in charge. Oh, yeah. And when he's in charge, also to have somebody in charge where you go, uh, I, want, I, I want to be on his team. I yeah. like being on his team. Yeah. I like the way he thinks. I like what he remembers. I like the fact that, um, that, uh, uh, that, that he gets excited about this shit yes. and that he wants me to be on his team. Well, I mean, I mean one of the things – that was unique for Kristen and I having worked in features for so long. It was just the two of us. Uh, and then going into the room on parenthood, it was, I mean, first of all, from an improv standpoint like that, I loved being back in a room with a whole bunch of people and like all of that stuff immediately came back into play. Uh I loved the fact that we were working with, um, you're, you know, uh, they're, they're, there, there have been a, a lot of really smart executives and producers we've worked with, um, but there's something really unique about being in there just with a group of writers, and it's like we all speak the same language. That was fantastic. And the other thing that was really you could note almost immediately is like 
the culture of any organization is set at the top. And like Jason Kadams, you know, like Vince Gilligan is like, he just sets a culture that's kind of like, he's decisive, but it's open, it's warm. Everybody in that room is so thrilled to be there. They want to be there. They're excited to be there. They feel privileged. So we're all doing our best work. Everybody's respectful. Um, you know, and it's because he sets that tone. And um, and that's, yeah, I'm sure that the Vince Gilligan experience is exactly that. I mean, you know, listening to, there are certain shows watching, like I, I binge watched Friday Night Lights because um, I had watched all of Parenthood, but I actually had only watched a little bit of Friday Night Lights and Kristen had watched a lot of Friday Night Lights and some of Parenthood. So I binged watch Friday Night Lights and being in the room on Parenthood and watching Friday Night Lights, it was just like, I want to go back in time and write this, too. I want to be in that room also. This must have been so great. You know, <laughs> like, and Breaking Bad, the same thing, watching that show. Well, wasn't, or wasn't the Sopranos that woman or, from the, 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 the wife was on, who was on Breaking Bad that was also on Friday Night Lights? Betsy Brandt. Yes, exactly. Yes, who was yes. awesome. Who actually ruined the, uh, the ending of Breaking Bad for me. Why? Because <laughs> I went up to I was in the middle of binge watching it, and we had our rap party. And I went up to her, and I was just like, I, I said, I have to compliment you on Breaking Bad because I'm totally, I, like, I hadn't watched it. I'm binge watching it. And she's like, and I just said, it's, it's so great. You're so awesome. I just love it. Just wanted to tell you that. She's like, oh, that's so nice. And she says, no, she says everybody's like, can we do a sequel? I'm like, but he's dead. And I'm like, ah, don't. <laughs> She's like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't. I'm like, ah, you, you just watched I had spent it. a year like not we're, wanting to know. We're, we're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to put a. Uh, I'm gonna have to tell people. Uh, spoiler. There's a spoiler alert. It's all right. Uh, but yeah, no, no, no. It was also you, kind of like, well, that was the obvious place the show is obviously right, going. Right. You know, and right. that's fine. It's all about. But there was so much more to it. Oh than my that, god. Obviously. Oh my god. I, I. There's just. I, I could watch that again. I can watch it again. Kinda, I'm not going to watch it again. I kind of can't I wait for. I can't kind of can't wait for Beth to you know be able to maybe when our children are older and she she's able to you know you know not sleep not not you know get she a little sleep it, in the morning. She see, she, no, she hasn't watched any she of it, and she's like, "Don't tell me anything." Right, so now right. I haven't told her. Anything. Right, uh, that it, get, it is really exciting when you see a show, and I got to tell you, the characters on that, the actors on that, the direction on that. Ugh, I'm just not a TV person, and yet when I watch that, and also Odenkirk, who I know oh, from my Second City days, um, I can't wait for Better Call Saul. Is he's so he's so fucking good on that show, and it makes me so proud of the actors that I know who the, the, the I'm t like now with Carell getting an Oscar nomination, you know, and to go that's the guy I know, that's the guy I know. Yeah. How many? How many Second City actors, how many comedians have gone drama? Mm -hmm. And there's so many of us. Mm -hmm. It's just so awesome. Well, it's, but it's about being um, just, I think it's just about being emotionally honest, being able to go to that place. And not everybody is able to as an actor. I mean, he clearly, I mean, he's an amazing actor. So amazing. He's just flat out. An amazing actor. Did you see? Uh, I haven't seen Foxcatcher yet. Fox That's Catcher. one of the mm -hmm. ones on the list. Mm -hmm. It's like, but you get all those. Yeah, screeners, we have the right? screen. It's like Nightcrawler, Foxcatcher, Theory of Everything. I want to see those. Uh -huh. I haven't watched those yet. Uh, Night, Night, Nightcrawler. What? Yeah, I really want to see Nightcrawler. What is that? That's the um, Jake Gyllenhaal one. Right. He's the right. Right. Dark uh, Tony uh, uh, Dan Gilroy. Yeah, Tony Danza. Uh, Tony, Tony Danza Dan is Gilroy. amazing. Tony Dan Gilroy. Um, I was talking to uh, to my girlfriend. 
uh, about um, American Sniper. I haven't not seen that yet either. I can't. I can't. The politics is just too fucked up for me. I can't. There's oh, just too much. I don't know. I, you know, I try to be really just like, I'm open to whatever. Well, but I'm going to see and it. Being and a writer, also, there's something that you're looking at in a very different way than me. No, I want to watch it and enjoy it. I love no, I Clint Eastwood it. movies. I get it. And you I, like what? I love Clint Eastwood movies. Yeah. I mean, some have been, he's been fairly hit, hit and miss, in my opinion, in the last 10 years. Certainly, but, certainly, certainly. But you're a filmmaker. But, For me, I look at it in a very different way. I'm looking at it as what, what do you mean? propaganda. I'm looking at it as uh, a revisionist, like American Sniper, revisionist. Because if you read the book, you're going to see certain things in it that are just so I, egregious. I might come, I guess it's this, I might come out of it feeling that way. Uh-huh. But I'm, I really try to go into it completely not predisposed. Right. It's I hard it. to with this because... You know, there. You know, there's been a lot of Facebook friends who are, you know, posting about angrily posting about it, and I get it. Um, but I also have a lot of friends on the other side who really loved it, who don't feel that it's sure. that, who feel like no, it's anti-war, and it's certainly from my understanding of the intentions of the piece was that it's not trying to be a piece of pro-war budget prop. It's trying to be an anti-war film. Got they it. may not have succeeded, mm-hmm. but. You know, so it's hard for me to talk about. It. I haven't seen it, but like My, me either, I haven't but, seen it either. So, well, all right. So, anyway. uh, but I do know that parts of the book let's where long, I did. Let's enjoy. have a long discussion about a movie neither of us have seen. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be great. Yeah, that's unusual for people to do that. <laughs> like, ah, oh, I have an opinion. I'll about tell you what else pisses me off about it. <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, can't. really? They didn't. Yep. Yep. No. Yeah. 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 You're right. I. I do. I get uh, that whole Facebook thing. Boy, that is such a part of our lives that, it, that right, here's no my, one saw coming. Here's my question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, because you, uh, um, I asked you this just purely as a friend, I'm curious, because you post a lot, polit- a lot of political stuff on your Facebook page, mm-hmm. um, which I, I actually, I, I like a lot of it. And I, it's very interesting. It is, I, I, and a lot of it is anti-gun stuff. Yes. Which I completely, am, I'm on the same page with you as far as um, politically. Mm-hmm. Um, shouldn't you be tweeting it? Because I feel like, aren't you playing to largely and almost exclusively an audience of people who agree with you? Here's the thing. Does that concern you? No, it doesn't concern me. It's a very interesting question. Uh, I also have a relationship with Twitter that I look at and I go, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. That's this our what age, I feel like. by the way. I don't, what's that? I, that's our age, right? Well, but what's happening really is I don't, I, I do it every day. Oh, you do tweet? I, I tweet every day. Oh, really? But I don't I tweet to... political stuff. Okay. I tweet things like, that word's funny. Right. Um, and uh, I'm doing this show and all mm-hmm. that. And, you know. Right. Um, but I feel like what I do on Facebook is, in a way, it is preaching to the choir. In a way, it is working with the band. Right. But in another way, it's like, let's, I'm going to spread this to people that I know are going to talk about it. And spread that to people who I know they're going to talk about it. Oh, I see. And so for me, it's it's as an educator, right? Because if you're if you're coming you're coming to my class, you're mm-hmm. coming to my class having an expectation of that which I'm going to to, to teach you, mm-hmm. or I'm going to not teach you, I'm going to expose you to. Mm-hmm. And what I'm doing is I feel like I'm exposing people to that, right? And right, also right. the idea of uh, showing that I'm curious, I have you know. I, I'm curious. I'm not going to change anybody's mind, but mm-hmm. what I will do is keep the conversation going. Right, right. Okay. I buy that. Yeah. But that said, um, I do have to feel, I feel like that's the arena in which I'm going to be 
going against the that arena. Voicing that, your political exactly yeah, in yeah, that yeah. arena yeah. and not to spread it around. Right. And there are people that I that I uh, I am quote friends with that. Uh, guy Dave Gerald, I think is his name. Mm -hmm. uh, he wrote the the. Star Trek episode with the cute little tribbles. Okay. All right. He wrote that, and he is a fucking angry, awesome man. Uh -huh. Who I think he's I think he's gay. Uh -huh. um, I uh, he is just so angry, and I love his not angry. He's he's got rage. Right. And I love the fucking rage. I love the anger. I love the rage because it's it's like, are you kidding me? You fucking believe that? Mm -hmm. Don't you see that? And then balancing it out and being smart in the way that he's... And mm -hmm. that's what I want to do. Right, right, right. Okay. And it's having that point of view. And I have had people go... Um, you know, for me, I'm, I, in a way, I'm trolling. I'm trolling people. In mm -hmm. a way. My gun shit is... I want to have a discussion with you about my gun stuff. Not mm -hmm. you, but you gun owner. Right, And right. I know a few people that we know that are gun owners mm -hmm. who are keeping their fucking mouth shut. And I'm like... Open your mouth uh -huh. because they don't need people like me going no guns. They need gun owners to go. We got to do something about this because right. our people in our tribe are being fucking ridiculous with this stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. And kids, two year olds, are killing their parents. Right. No, I know it's crazy. It's crazy, and nothing's happening. So part of part of what I, I mean, I, I see. This is where I just tend to get really cynical. That's the whole stuff. thing. But cynicism is the death of anything creative. Right. Now, you can be skeptical about it and go, how do we figure this out and what can I do? But cynical is, and you know what it's like, because you wouldn't be doing what it is that you're doing if you were truly cynical about the arts, about I think, writing. I think for me, it's just like, it's, I only have so much energy. And so, I, it, like, I, uh, you know, it's like I'm, I'm, uh, I focus it more locally. Like my family, my friends, my and so it's like I if if killing fucking twenty two kids or however many kids were killed in Connecticut two years ago isn't going to change shit. I mean, my God, right? So I know, I know, know, I know, I, and yet I look at that and I go, maybe that is going to be part of the balloon that is filling up the balloon that one day will pop. Because if I go, I'm not going to fill this balloon up anymore. Because what's the point? But that balloon has to pop. And that popped balloon will change things. Right. So I'm going to keep, just like a character that you're yeah, writing yeah, yeah. has an epiphany. That epiphany doesn't come because you want it to happen. No, it's pressure. It, it reaches a tipping point. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. that pressure, and it's so interesting to teach people that, mm -hmm. uh, to teach people the idea of the pressure. Because I, lately I've been thinking a lot about this. Like, why does a character have an epiphany? A character has an epiphany because the writer behind it, the actor behind it, the improviser behind it, the playwright, the author behind it is pushing that for one reason. Mm -hmm. Pushing those two characters at each other so the fucking balloon can pop. Right. So when a character suddenly goes, oh, you're right. And you go, where the fuck did that come from? Mm -hmm. We were just having this argument. Now you're right. That's not satisfying at all. Right, right. So when it comes to me shouting to everybody who's already heard my shouting, I'm mm -hmm. like, someone's going to do something about it. Right, right. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. I can see that. But I also understand what you're saying, too. The idea of that you, you pick your, not only do you pick your battles, you don't pick your battles. You, your battles, in a way, pick you. Mm -hmm. Where you go, okay, you know what's important? My family. Mm -hmm. Feeding my family. F finishing this project. 
I, I, I get it, Dave. You, you know, guns are bad. I agree with you. No, I mean, honestly, it's one of those things where I've, I've, I'm not even knocking you for it. No, no, I'm not, I'm not, Ian, I'm not saying that you're knocking me for it. I'm just saying I totally fucking get it. I get it. Yeah. I get it. And I'm, there's part of me that that it's like, uh, well, you know, thank God for Dave because I don't have to worry about that. (laughs) Exactly. 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 Dave's got the gun thing under control. Something plenty. He's he got the gun control help. under control. He's got it. He's, you know, <laughs> uh, help. And there are certain people that I go, oh, okay, good. Where uh, when I get a, um, one of my uh, former students, Bruce Tannenbaum, jumps on the, the I'm irate bandwagon, bandwagon, I sit back and go, go get him, Bruce. Go fucking get him. When Rick Overton chimes in, like, fucking go get him. Right, There's certain right. people where I go, go get him, man. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. now everything's wide open. My, I have a cousin, uh, my cousin is Phil Plate, Dr. Phil Plate, and he is, uh, he's a blogger, mm-hmm. and he's on Slate, and he had a television show called uh, Phil Plate's Bad Universe or something like that, mm-hmm. and his, he's called The Bad Astronomer, mm-hmm. and he is, he's factual, but all my cousins are factual, the, the, the Plates. He's factual, he's truthful, mm-hmm. he's honest, he's human. Mm-hmm. And he's logical. Mm-hmm. And when he gets in there, I'm like, I sit back and like let Dr. Plate take it. Right, right, right. And I'm so proud of everybody that we know. I mean, I think that's me too. I mean, it's, you know, I'm on, I, 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 I know a lot of writers because I've been, I, I was involved in guild politics and all that stuff. Aren't you still? And, I'm a little bit, yeah. I but mean, you're not I, a board. I'm member. not a board member anymore, uh-huh. and I mean, I, I love rooting for everybody. Like th- there was a time where, very early on, where it was like you know you get jealous when you're first starting out, but I don't feel that way. I like I just love seeing people succeed. Um, my friend, um, and it's not you know, usually close friend. He's more of an online friend, but my friend Tim. Um, just won the, um, what do you call it, the Waldo Salt Award at Sundance for his screenplay for the Stanford Prison Experiment. And it's oh, like, yeah, yeah, my yeah, God, yeah. I'm so happy for him. Yeah. It's just, I love, and, and like that's the, the top, and then it's just anytime someone's, uh, the writer's assistant for Parenthood this season just got staffed on a show, it's like I'm thrilled for her. It's, yeah. It's, it's interesting. And that, that doesn't mean that, you know, I don't have my own fucking worries and you know okay what's the next gig what is the next gig you right know? you got your like, gig and it's not your not you got your gig that could have been my gig it's you got your gig and my gig's coming and by the way we've yeah we've been in that position we've been in the position where we've rewritten a friend of ours we've been in the position where we've been rewritten and it's like all right you know what you know i mean i'm i don't begrudge anybody unless they're an asshole <clears throat> Yeah, well, even it. even those people, they're that's on about that fucking person, journey. You know. Yeah, I no, I totally understand that. I get that. And there, there is a, there's a day that one wakes up where they realize, oh, today I didn't get jealous of any of my friends. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what happens? I guess. I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I'm a lover, David. I've I know you there. are. That's never, why I have you on the show. <laughs> I've never, I've never, uh, I've never really felt that. But you did say that there was a feeling of jealousy that you did have. It probably was that, early on. I know. Very early right. on. Right. But it's a feeling of but, jealousy. It's a feeling of pride. But it's because like, you're so, you're starting out, like, I remember having, you know, friends who, well, you know, friends who came out of college and not really knowing what they wanted to do. 
or even going into college, didn't know what they wanted. I always knew. I always knew. I knew from like very young, like this is what I want to do. Some version of this. I was, you know, making, you know, DJ tapes, tape, you know, you know, and you know, short films when I was a kid, and mm -hmm. it was like I wanted. I knew what I wanted to do. So I think anything like that was about. The the hardest part I think was before breaking in in any way and you're seeing other people starting to do it and you're like, I know I can do this. Why am it, is it not happening? Mm -hmm. It's that. But for the most part, I, you know, it's... I know I can do this. Why is that not happening? Why is it not happening? Is such an interesting concept because I know I can do this. Why is it not happening? Isn't true at all. I know I can do this. I know I can do that. Or I know I can do this. It's happening, but at the pace that it's happening. Right. Well, that's true. Right. But when you're in your twenties, that's one of those things <laughs> where you want to go. You're yeah. like, oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. And one of the great things I, I I keep going back to Second City. One of the things that I think was about my love of that place mm -hmm. is every day that I was there, every day that I worked there, every day that I was taking classes there. I thought if it ends today, that's great. Mm -hmm. I also looked at people on main stage. Was like, oh, I you know I, George went. I don't know. I. How do you have, how, why is he, wow, he's great. Mike Myers, he's great. To look at those people, Chris Farley, he's great. Oh, that's what other people do. At that time, Chris Farley, I was already mm -hmm. in Second City, but mm -hmm. the idea of, if we look at what we're doing, go, this is, this is where I am. Right. It's when we compare it to where I need to be, where I want to be, where I should be, where somebody else is, yeah. And I know they're an asshole. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. It's like, oh my God, there's a rabbit hole. Now, all you can do is focus on, be happy for everybody else, be supportive, cheer them on because they'll cheer you on and you need that. And and focus on your own stuff and throw yourself into it and love it. And, and celebrate and, your own stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, yes. But also finish it. Finish it and move on to the oh, next clearly, thing. Oh, clearly. But when, I'm not just saying like, oh, let's look at that. We finished the paragraph. Aren't we great? But to go... I really like what I wrote. Yeah, you have to take pride in your work. Sure. Yes, absolutely. Sure. And I think a lot of people, I, I, want, I want more of my students to go, I did a good job. Mm -hmm. I did a fucking good job. Well, I think it's, you want to take, you want to be self-critical and learn, and you want to be, um, but yeah, you also need to, Need to be your own best friend. I do, I, but I believe that too. And I think, <laughs> I think one of the like things Stuart that, Smalley. Uh, but it's really true though, yes, right? Sure. And if you're if you're not if you if the most important I know this is weird because you're also a parent mm -hmm. and I am not but I feel like the most important person in my life is my relationship with me mm -hmm. and when my relationship with me when I when I look at who it is that I am and I really love what it is that I'm doing or I'm at peace with where it is that I am that is the greatest roommate to have mm -hmm. me yeah sure I get that I mean definitely that. Um that changes and evolves, you know, with kids, but it changes. I mean, it, with it's friends, with whatever. I mean, it doesn't, anyone who's in your life. But I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, for me, it's like um, I can be my own worst enemy in different, not creatively necessarily. It's like, for me, it's the food. It's Got the, it. Uh, Got it. And that's we where I feel like I'm, I, I feel like I'm not modeling well for my kid mm -hmm. and I beat myself up and I mean I used to have a nutritionist who uh, you we, lost you know, a lot of weight I did and now I've put a whole bunch of it back I, on I totally understand so I, 
we might have had a conversation about it. I don't know. We maybe we have. I yeah. don't know. But yeah, and it's and it's and I I I need to stop beating myself up about it. Right. I mean, that's a better Secret. way to model for my kid. But it's hard, you know. <sighs> it's hard. It's and it's stress. What stress? Oh, I mean, why? Like, why have I put the weight back on? Uh huh. Stress. stress. I'm an emotional eater. Got it. My got it, got my it, joke it. was always if I was on like survivor or something like that and there was like a thing you know a banana it would, i would be the guy who got kicked off right away but like, ian ate all the bananas you put them where i could i have a food addiction you have to put them out of my reach <laughs> you know, I, I don't i don't realize i'm eating them uh that now that is a very special survivor <laughs> yeah, it's one just one episode, exactly. <laughs> or an eat. island of all those yeah, people. Yeah, just ate, we like, ate everything. We're done. There's like literally, there's nothing to eat. Right, except each other. Holy shit! Oh, yeah, exactly. a very special. Yeah, exactly. Survivor. Uh, no, I I totally understand that. And here's another thing: is food tastes good? Yes, it's its own fucking addiction. It's its own, and and I mean, I, this is a whole other podcast, but I mean, it's its own. Uh, sugar and all that stuff is a t- I mean, I know exactly what I'm doing wrong. I know mm-hmm. exactly what I need to be doing right, and I just don't want to fucking do it. Right? No, I get it. So, I get it. I you know, get it. And it's that it's you know it is coming. It's living in an emotional. You know, it's I'm an emotional person. Right. We already talked I about that. I <laughs> spend all day doing emotional shit, writing and all that. And then I, 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 uh, I get it. I get it. I get it. And for me, uh, like right now, you go okay. What's my next meal? What's my next meal? And, uh, I think about food constantly. I know. I do too. I do too. And when I and I used to say I go to other cities and and countries. I go to other cities and I teach improvisation. Mm-hmm. But I really go to other cities and eat in restaurants. Mm-hmm. That's really what I, I love. That's what I love to do. Is but you're in good shape. You well because I walk to the restaurants. But I mean, I, I you know. but I've never had an issue. I have it like in yeah. yeah. Like for me, it's a major dysfunction. Got it. It is Got like it. I think about food like not in a healthy way, not in like you know it'll be good tonight. It's more in like what can I eat? I could eat. Um, I, could eat. I don't know. Like, I mean, there was a. I remember once. This is when I was really heavy. Um, I had to drop my car off, and I was struggling with food. I had to drop my car off to get fixed. I had like an hour to kill, and I literally walked from like fast food restaurant to fast food. Like I would like go here and be like no. Stop! Did and you I, did you go? Did you order? No, just, I would go and then I would walk in and I would look at everything that I have and like get out of here, get out of the fucking subway, and then I walked to like you know the Starbucks. I could get that is I could a fast get a, food restaurant. That thing. Well, that's only two hundred. What's your? I just get, the small oh, one. get out of here! Right, and then I would leave that and I walk to another fucking place. What's your Achilles heel uh, fast food joint? I mean, there's. What do like, if it's like oh they're oh look there's a what it's is that honestly it doesn't matter really it's like it's in my in a, if I have a little bit of sweet then it's like yeah, I need I need something a little salty to go to switch that up <laughs> now I could use something sweet again I'm hungry I'm I'm feeling great let's eat a whole bunch of sushi I'm feeling now, sad okay. now Got I it. want pie I mean I like the shit I fucking you know. Oh, it's. I get it. If I see a Del Taco, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going. I'm going. It doesn't matter. I used to yeah. do yogurt for a while because it was like, that's okay. I can have yogurt. Right, but then I would right. you know, put all kinds of shit on Got it. Got so it. it right, matter. right, right, right. You put cake on yogurt. I, you know, I mean, I've. I, one of the sadder moments, I, I think, was like, before I lost the weight, was like going to a Jerry's Deli and buying a big fucking thing of pudding. And then going uh-huh. home and eating part of it and then throwing it in the garbage and then going back 
to the garbage. Yeah, I'm pulling yeah, out, having a little it. more. Got Stop. it. Stop. Right. No, I get it. It's like mm. so, as a smoker. As a smoke, I was a smoker for 29 mm. years. And as a smoker, you go, I am taking these and I'm tearing the pack in half and throwing them away. And later on, going, I bet that I, I bet that one of those that I, I I cut in half, that I smashed in half. Mm -hmm. I bet there's enough tobacco in that for me to be able to smoke it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's, but you know, wah. I mean, I, I, know. I, it's like I need to just fucking do it. Right. I mean, it's, for me, it's hard because my dad has been, he's had diabetes for 20 years. Like, I have all of my father's terrible habits. Do you have diabetes? I do not, but oh, I don't want to get it. Right. Because I've seen what it does. And I've seen, by the way, what, having <laughs> I, 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 my joke also is kind of like hey i can't wait to get diabetes because apparently i can eat whatever i want fantastic you yeah, know why like is that because my, i'm joking because my dad fucking eats oh I see it doesn't saying. matter it's just like it's like like uh yeah i'll have uh i'll have the cake i'll have the ice cream it's like you have diabetes ah, i have no energy i wonder why <laughs> but, and you know it's hard i've feel for him because I just go through the same thing. It's and, and, fucking and it, hard. It's about... And it's emotional. It is about being yes. depressed or down and, you know... And realizing in that moment... And, and one thing about smoking is when you quit smoking, you go... One of the things about smoking is you go, okay, I, I stopped smoking. and quit. I stopped. I stopped smoking. For some reason, that matters to me. And I've stopped smoking. And right now, historically, mm -hmm. I would have a cigarette because of whatever stressors I'm perceiving I'm having. Mm -hmm. And... Part of, part of quitting is realizing when you want one and then saying, okay, I'm going to breathe through this and I'm now going to live my life in this moment. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard because we do go back to those things that give us succor, you mm -hmm. know, that give us like, uh And you can't, you can't fucking do it for anybody. I mean, the truth is, I was like, I can't do it for my daughter. I can't do it for my wife. Or my, I have to do it. That's the only, you have to do it that shit for you. Yep. Yeah. And you have to want to do it. Like, I lost that weight because I got to a place where it was like, that's it. I've had it. I'm doing it. If you have an and epiphany. I did have an epiphany. My epiphany was, uh, you want, I'll tell you the epiphany because it's kind of funny. I was on the WGA board. Mm -hmm. I was invited to some fucking fancy event where Clinton was going to, Bill Clinton was going to speak. I was like, oh, sure, I'll, I'll check that out. I, I am not what you would call someone who understands fashion. Mm -hmm. And I also didn't really have, I had ballooned. I didn't really have, I, you know, I'm a writer. I don't know if I wear a jacket or a tie, whatever. I asked, um, how dressy is this? Do I need, oh, you can wear, you have to wear a tie. You can or you can't, whatever. Um, so a couple of things I learned. One was uh, if you're going to see uh, President Bill Clinton speak, wear a fucking tie and a jacket, moron. Uh, so I, I just like, I look like a fat loser. I am the only one here, not in a fucking suit. Ja oh my God. Who did I'm you such ask? an idiot. Who did you the ask? The people who are running the program. Oh, fuck all that. They I don't know. Fucking... It was probably some 20 year old. Oh, they, they, I'm an they idiot. sent you no, down. No, no, I'm an idiot. So yeah. I'm an idiot. Mm. So I'm, I'm not wearing like, I don't even remember. It was just, I just felt like, and, and I'm like standing next to like, Oh, look, it's Orlando Bloom of, uh, hi, it's Anne Hathaway. Oh. Like, like, every fucking star in the world is there. I couldn't have felt more huge and awful. It was awful. <laughs> I just was like, I am. Oh, so I went, I came home and my friend Craig had done this diet uh, with Dr. Flax in Beverly Hills. 
was kind of crazy. Uh, the joke we had was that like the Jack Craig would say the reason it works is because he's so nuts. You just want to lose the weight so you never have to see him. Again. <laughs> uh, and so I, I and but it was a very intensive like. Um, uh, calorie restrictive diet, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and but he lost weight quickly, um, and so I was. I came home and I said, "I'm doing Craig's diet. That's it. I've had it. I'm I'm done being fat. That was a nightmare. <laughs> Never again." And I went to see him the next day or whatever that week. I talked to Craig, who was amazing, and uh, and I went and I just I was in the zone for four months. I lost. 70 pounds. Jesus Christ. In four and a half months. Whoa. Five months. Right. So now what that, and by the way, it was all leading, I know I had a bunch of reasons to do it that weren't the right reasons. Uh, our movie was getting made. It was going to be premiering in at the end of the year because they had pushed the release date. Um, Thank God. And so, yeah, that was wonderful. Although we didn't have a gig at the moment, which, and we were in between it was all kinds of stuff was up in the air, which was stress inducing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of pushed through that and because I had this kind of thing. But what I didn't really learn how to do was how to eat correctly. I didn't really deal right. with any of the actual problems. And so, you know. It's one of the things about Weight Watchers that I realized was. Weight that, Watchers is great. I just can't deal with the. I, I, I went back to Weight Watchers last year mm-hmm. and I was like. This I, I I was like this I can do I can do this is this is absolutely right it's like uh, there's no clock I right. will lose the weight when I lose the weight right. I should go to this uh, yes uh, I'm you know it's me and like ninety five percent women but uh, who are I was in there their too you or whatever right. hey that's fine we're right. all in the same boat right and I just there was this guy who worked at the um, Weight Watchers place, like there were the people who come up and they do the talk, and yes. the woman who did the talk, she's great. The facilitator. Yes. And then she would bring out this guy who was an older gentleman who worked there, lovely man, the ladies loved him, and he would like, he's got a new rap he's going to do about no, today's no, no, product, no. and he would rap about the product, and I literally was just like, I can't ever come back here. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. It's too painful. I can't come back here again. I but I should find a different uh, Wait, what? <laughs> it's just a different Weight Watchers place. Or a different place. time that you Yeah, I, but I can't. Yeah. If I, it will kill me if I hear him rap one more. I, like I, went, I sat through like four of them, and I was like, I can't do it. I'd rather get diabetes than hear this dude rap about fucking Weight Watcher bars. All right, let's stop there. It's not going to get any better than that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to ADD Comedy. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on Dave, you can go to his website at www.davidrosowski.com or follow Dave on Twitter at drosowski.